Looking forward to that. Invite Derek to co-host. How you doing, Derek? Starting route to... All right, hold on. I'm going to give y'all a hint. I'm going to give y'all a hint. Oh, hey, buddy. How you doing? That's my John. Doing good, man. How about you? Pretty good. I saw that Deshaun Ruffin um, shut it down for the year. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, but he's not going to get this basketball thing. Yeah, he's not going into the portal with that actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's, there's, there's a complete reset that must be done with that program, man. It's, it's just fucked a lot. Yeah. It's amazing. With Andy Kennedy and everything got so stale. It's about that time. It's official, y'all. Y'all know what it is, right? It's official. Bad boys for life, baby. That's right here. Life. No Kermit's a good guy. Yeah, he is. I just feel like basketball changed so much. It was called Bad Boys for, we, we basically like, just hired like, 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 We shouldn't have called it that, though. No. It's like, it's like mm -hmm. the three was the E. The three was the E. The three was the E. I hate that this it's is happening. Bad Boys I mean, it's official. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's basically college sports as a whole, right? Yeah. In the last five or so years, you know, just the the landscape's constantly changing on you right now. Things are done so much differently now than they were five and, you know, certainly <clears> ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it really is. Anyway, um, since you're in here, Derek, why don't we um, we're getting ready for baseball season. How about a little bit of update of what you're thinking about on the baseball team right now? Man, I think we're going to be really good. You know, uh, I think the key, which I'm not worried about, because I trust Mike Bianco and his staff to get it figured out. Figure out the pitching staff, right? With 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 mallets going down, you got to figure. You know, you've got your Friday and your Saturday guy pretty much in place. I think. Figure out Sunday. Uh, it sounds like Xavier Rivas may get the first shot at that, and keep Doherty and Nichols both in the bullpen, which you know makes a lot of sense with with mallets going down there. Uh, but yeah, I think the key to this team's newcomers stepping up and. Uh, and showing what they can do right off the bat, but also some of these guys that have been in the program stepping up, taking on a bigger role. You know, one one guy I'm really interested in seeing to see if he can take that big step is Jackson Kimball out of the bullpen. Give us a lefty out of the pen uh, and, and just another reliable arm period at the back end of games there out of the pen. But would be real big, and, you know, he, he flashed, and I thought he looked pretty good at times last year in the limited action he got, so... That's one guy I'm looking at. And then uh, Revis, J.P. Quinn, see if one of them can take over the Sunday role. Uh, I think Sony A is pretty solidified there on Saturday. And we already know what we got on Friday with Hunter Elliott. You know, we're, we're always going to have an ace, and we got a true enough ace this year. For, for us that doesn't know about Sony A, um, what, what, tell, tell us about him. Give us a scouting report on him. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's – He's well beyond his years to be a true freshman as far as how he pitches. You know, uh, Mike Bianco actually made the statement earlier this week that he doesn't think he's had a true freshman that's as far along as Sony A is at this point in his career as a freshman. And, I mean, you you think back the the guys he's had pitching for him, the Casey and Lynn and Pomeranz and Wall and all those guys, you know, I mean, they, they were studs basically from the get-go and – and he thinks Sony is ahead of all of them as far as being able to pick all this stuff up. Uh, good live fastball, and he's he's got a big arm. Uh, 
if he wasn't hurt last year, he probably wouldn't be in Oxford, Mississippi right now. You know, he, he would have gone in the draft if, if he didn't have uh, – or if he didn't lose some time last year, senior in high school. But the sliders where he's going to make his money. He's, he's got a really, really good breaking ball. And, and that's one thing I'm really excited about too, get, getting able to see it in game. You know, you watch some film here and there and you see some stuff from inner squad. But once the lights come on, seeing it in game and seeing how he pitches and how he's able to utilize – Mainly secondary pitches off of that fastball. He's got such a big fastball to go with it. I mean, he's he's the next great old Miss pitcher. I, I firmly believe that. Okay. Um, what what does his fastball get up to? And is he a righty or a lefty? He's a righty, and he he sits you know ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there, and then can touch all the way up to ninety seven, ninety eight when he really when he really needs a little extra juice. You know, he. He can really hum it in there when he wants to. Uh, I want to say there, there, there was a two-week stretch there in fall ball. I think they said he averaged like 94.7 miles an hour on his fastball for that whole two-week stretch. Uh, I mean, so he, he can blow it by you. You know, uh, one thing I'm interested to see is is it does it have some run or some cut or is it a heavy fastball? Uh, you know, those, those are all things that – that play in that that play a part in in the pitcher having an effective fastball there. You know, if you're going to sit there and just throw it straight down, you know, if it just goes straight, anybody can time up a fastball no matter how hard it is. So you want a little run, cut, a little bit of movement, and and that's something I'm interested to see once the season gets started. Yeah, and especially with um, him following Hunter Elliott, who's going to throw it up there at 80, 80 miles an hour consistently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah. You know, there's. You're going to be seeing two completely different pitchers there on on back-to-back days to start Friday and Saturday, and you know you, you may see somebody very similar to Hunter Elliott there on Sunday with Revis, you know, a soft tossing lefty that you know his fastball it plays up a little bit from from what the radar gun gun will tell you. He's 87, 88, 89 mile an hour fastball guy too that that really works well off of his breaking stuff. Uh, had a really really good career at uh, Division Two Indianapolis. He, he transferred in, uh, but but yeah, you know you you could see a guy just like Hunter Elliott pitching on Sundays, and if he's able to to figure it out and compete at this level, you know that gives you a really strong three Friday through Sunday. You're right. I, I'm looking forward to it, and we're gonna have Derek on um, the show. I think he'll be on Friday's show, talking baseball. Mm-hmm. We'll do a little preview about that as well. Um, but Derek. You know, with late signing day being tomorrow, and it looks like Ole Miss might be, let's say, busier than normal than they have been in recent late signing days. Not like they used to be, but. Yeah. I mean, there's probably five names that Ole Miss fans need to keep an eye on. It, it doesn't necessarily, they're not going to sign them all, uh, but they're going to sign some of them. So anywhere between probably two and five is the option for tomorrow anything you're hearing right now yeah no no nothing in particular you know uh this this new recruiting period that we have now with the early signing day and all these transfer windows and all that with the portal and then you get what us traditionalists like to think of as national signing day mm-hmm. right and it's it's just so different right now, and, you know, it's it's not as big the things it used to be. There's not as many players out there to get. Um, and, and then even after this, you've got the whole transfer portal window 
opening up again in the spring too. Uh, but no, as far as tomorrow goes, there's nothing really in particular I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, I, I just know that by the time this signing day ends, go through spring training, we're going to be going through all of this again with the portal opening again. And it just seems like a never-ending thing. Right? Yes, and, and uh, I'm going to be honest, I love it. But, uh, I mean, I understand why it might be tiring for some because I don't have to cover it on a day-to-day basis. If you try yeah, to cover yeah. the transfer portal, I'll just feel sorry for you. Yeah, uh, yeah God bless you, man. Yeah, but the names um, tomorrow for Ole Miss fans to keep an eye on or an ear on, um, the the offensive lineman from Diablo Valley College, I can't remember the name, it's a Samoa name, um, he's committed. Um, so he's going to sign tomorrow. You've got um, Chamberlain Campbell out of Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg, Florida. He's committed. He's going to sign tomorrow. Then you have DJ Holmes, who was the high school leader in sacks with over 30 at Pahokee High School. Um, that is a chance that could go one way or another. If you look at the on three RPMs, Ole Miss is the heavy favorite to land him. He's another edge. So Campbell and um, Holmes, they're both edge players. Now, you have Jonathan Davis, who's from Lawrence County, who a month ago none of us knew who he was. Now all of a sudden – it's setting up for that Ole Miss-Mississippi State typical signing day battle um, to where you just don't know what's going to happen and you don't know which way it's going to land. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it, like I said, we, we'll we see what happens. But I've heard, like, RPMs have been put in for Ole Miss. also heard he was a heavy state lean, so I, I don't know. And let's see, who was the last – Oh, um, Tim Diono, the offensive lineman out of Maryland. It looks like he's going to end up at Penn State. Um, but Ole Miss got his last official visit over the weekend. So, I mean, monitor that one, but don't expect anything real to happen there. But th- those are probably the five names to think about. Somebody else could pop. We'll see exactly what happens. But anyway, let's see. Derek, are you hearing anything on the transfer portal? Anything left over? Well, I mean, it's as far as left over, you know, there's still the same old guys in there. You're looking at uh, Kennedy there at Alabama. You know, everybody's monitoring him and what he ends up doing if he goes back to Bama, if he transfers over. Uh, I, I, I think it's one of the more interesting parts of this offseason for Ole Miss since we've hired Golding is – kind of seeing how he's going to reshape this defense. You know, for him to run anything close to the schemes that he wants to, you know, he's, he's basically got to revamp this thing. And, and you can kind of see it with the kind of players they're getting. You know, you see, kind of, kind of like you were talking about a second ago, you see them going and getting these edge rushers, right? They, they got to get some pass rushers in there. And, you know, they've really seemed to, to bulk up the defensive line to get the, the guys to take up some blockers there in the middle. Uh, so that's – that's one thing I'm really interested in this offseason, see how Pete Golden kind of transforms his defense, bringing players in to fit his system. Yeah, and, and I don't think people really necessarily understand that the defensive front that Ole Miss really ran last year and the defensive front that Pete Golding wants to run, even though they're both three-man fronts, they're done completely different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. It's, it's, it's not the same at all. So you're looking at, instead of having one guy that's an interior defensive lineman that's a space eater, potentially them wanting 
three 300 pounders up front to take up blockers and things like that. And yeah, and I, I think that'll actually really help. Obviously, they're looking for a jack. They're actively recruiting. A jack is the defensive end linebacker hybrid. And um, the position that Will Anderson played at Alabama, for people that don't know. And I think it'll be interesting to see. That's the reason Chamberlain Campbell uncommitted. That's the reason they're recruiting DJ Holmes. There, there is a shortness of players at that position. They're going to move some people there, but it might be clunky because while this defense looks right, and when you draw it up on a chalkboard, all the players are going to the same place, the requirements at each position is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, and I think you'll kind of see that with, with Cedric Johnson's defense, right? Like, won't, won't he kind of take over that role a little bit, putting that outside linebacker, letting him rush and stuff like that? Ideally, um, I think Cedric Johnson is the candidate to move over and play the jack position, but he's yeah. at 270 I mean, pounds, and then his backup is probably would probably be like Kari Coleman at 220. Yeah. And, and that, that pro- provides a little bit of that physics problem that they're trying to get away from. They want, they want consistency of personnel, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely easier when, when you have the guys that Alabama does, right? <laughs> you know, but, you know, he's, he's come in and kind of revamping it a little bit, though. Like I said, you know, I, I think Cedric will really thrive in this defense with Pete Golden. I think we'll get real creative with him. You know, you, you see his ability to be able to get to the, to the quarterback. You know, we, we had to play him so much at defensive end because we had such little – uh, personnel there to get some sort of pass rush there. Do you end up sending him up and, and letting him take on the blocker with those big guys eating up uh, guards and stuff inside? You know, you, you could see a big year out of him. Yeah, I think a bit, the the most underrated transfer that Ole Miss signed this year in the transfer portal is Josh Harris because he's listed at 315, 320 pounds. But yeah. I've seen articles where he's up near 350. He's a four-star player. Um, at a high school. Um, I mean, him and Xavier Harris, they become those two gap, those space eater nose guards in the middle of the defense that's going to allow somebody like J.J. Pegues to, to work a little bit. The, both of those guys are going to cause double teams to allow the linebackers to work. It, you can see what they want to do, and that Ole Miss actually has the personnel on the defensive line at the starting level to get it done. There's still some mm-hmm. recruiting go, but JJ Pekis, Josh Harris, um, um, Jared Ivy, because I think he's going to um, probably put on ten yeah. pounds. He'll be two eighty, two eighty five by the time the season starts, yeah. and, and and all those guys will be really good up front. You have Seth yeah. Johnson on the edge. I mean, it's a three three five or a four two five, however you want to describe it, but it's it's just a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up Pegues and Ivy there. You know, I I think that's their ideal positions in this kind of scheme, getting them both out there at defensive end. You know, uh, on on each end of that big nose tackle, and, and and letting those two guys go to work a little bit too, without having to worry about those big bodies inside because they're so athletic. And you know, especially Pegues, he's so quick out there and so big. You know, he he could really do some damage out there for us. Yeah, he's probably the only true three technique on Ole Miss's roster. But he's a yeah. really good – he's a parade Jerry level three technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Those five names we talked about, um, I guess the spring practice dates got released. They're going to start. 
in March. They're going to end in April like they always do. But <laughs> it is what it Surprise is. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and we just have to make it to really, I guess, the start of conference play in baseball season. Uh, now, I'm telling you, that, that second weekend are, uh, in, in Oxford, that's that's going to be a big one. We get Maryland coming into town. That's a really, really good team. Don't they play really them four games team. in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play on that uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we have a midweek game, but then we open up that tournament in Minnesota against the Big Ten against Maryland again. Why are they playing a tournament in February in Minnesota? Man, I, I had this conversation today, as a matter of fact, because – you know, Minnesota built the new stadium, and it's not covered anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a dome. Uh, that's, that's what we were talking about earlier. They're like, yeah, you get to go play in a dome. And I was like, no, they ain't playing in a dome in Minnesota no more. They, they got rid of that thing. They decided to spend a whole bunch of money for an outdoor baseball stadium all the way up in Minnesota. Yes. Uh, it's like, what are you But, yeah, that, that was definitely an interesting choice by them. Yeah. And, and also makes me wary, you know, that they think, hey, we need to approve our medal in baseball and get ready for the arduous SEC baseball series. Let's play some games against the Big Ten. He's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but but you know, you gotta look at our schedule. We're pretty Big Ten heavy. Not only that tournament up there, we just talked about Maryland, but we also get Purdue for a three game set too. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Is that, 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 I, I know. That's odd. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's a good schedule though. You know, we're kind of. Iron sharpening iron, I guess, you know, if, if you want to use that phrase with that. But, yeah, that, that, that Maryland series, I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be the first true test of the season. And uh, they're the overwhelming favorites in the Big Ten. They've, they've got such a good ball club. Okay. Well, that's at least good to know that a good Big Ten team's coming down. Oh, oh yeah. We, we get the best Big Ten team. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, before we get out of here, um, there's one thing that I want to bring up that I haven't necessarily talked about on my show, um, but I want to talk about here, and eventually I'll probably do a show on it. And that is the work that Lane Kiffin and John Garrison did on the offensive line during this recruitment cycle. They signed five players. They lost one. Couple I'm breaking up with coffee. Anyway. Big coffee. They've actually increased the depth, added talent to the room, and just quietly everybody was national team about. So I'm very impressed with what Lane Kiffin and John Garrison was able to do in early recruiting the transfer portal and even this late cycle um, with the offensive line. I, I'm impressed with And, yeah, I just kind of wanted to say that. We'll do a little bit of a short one tonight. We're going to have a show tomorrow. I've already recorded it um, before now. So tomorrow's show, if anything news happens tonight, like the Deshaun Ruffin stuff will not be on it. But catch that show. Show's available now on the Grove Report. So check that out. We're going to be there as well. But if you listen to it in other places, it's it's going to be in the same place. Um, And tomorrow night, SEC After Dark, me, Corey Burton, Jeb Beecham, Jake Thomas, all talking about the news that Todd Grantham might be going to Alabama, and we're going to be making Jake's life pretty rough. So I want to thank you to Derek for stopping by and us talking about that. Thank you for everybody for showing up, and um, I'll see you a little bit later. Howdy, Toddy. Thanks, bud. Howdy, Toddy.